All right, guys, AEG Presents is thrilled to announce that Burt Kreischer is live at Red Rocks Amphitheater on Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. He's joined by Nar Mark <laughs> Normand. Not a narc. He's not a narc. Don't worry, guys. Uh, but you can get your tickets. All you have to do is download the Red Rocks app before you visit, which you should have already done, to be honest. Great app and super easy to get your tickets to your favorite show or concert. If you don't know, Burt Kreischer is an American stand-up comedian, actor, writer, and host who performs to sell out crowds across the country. He's described as having a rare and incredible talent. Burt has evolved from being named Rolling Stone's number one partier in the nation to one of the top names in comedy. So make sure you check out that Red, Rock, Red Rocks app today and grab your tickets to see Burt Kreischer and Mark, not Nark, Mark Normand on September 8th at the best venue in the world. Number one for the one and only The A stands for another week? Mm. I hope not. And that is the question uh, of the day. Another week of quarterback competition. We will talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. Dot edu slash online. MSU Denver uh, is the single best place to get an education. If you're looking to do it while keeping a full-time job, their students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college or institution, and they set it up for you so you can make your own schedule, you can do all of your online classes, and you can keep that full-time job. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what is up? Look at this, the three of us, just the three of us. Uh, yeah, that's not <laughs> it, but uh, it has been a while. Yeah, it has been. That The band is back. The band is back together, uh, and... I just, you know, as I've been digesting this game more and more and more. It's coming out I, good or bad. I just can't get over the fact that the Broncos have beaten their opponents. What is it? 56 to 63 six, 60, to nine. 63 to nine over two games. And the toxicity has never been higher. <laughs> yes. I mean, but isn't 63 to nine what you should do against one team that plays nothing but backups and another that played a backup offense? And uh, half a backup defense. I maybe I yeah. don't know. Like, I, if you would have told me before yeah, exactly. the preseason, the Broncos are going to beat. This is what, exactly what's going to happen. The Broncos are going to beat those opponents sixty-three or sixty-three to nine. I would be like, thank God. The you score know, like, is going to be thirty-one and a half to four and a half. Yeah, like I'll take that absolutely. Right. Yep. Um, still haven't allowed a touchdown, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And yes, is it what you're supposed to do when you're a, a good team? Yes. Yep. I, if you're a bad team, I don't know. If, I don't even know if you can do that. So it does. All I'm saying though is that the like the Broncos look great so far, based on all the information that we have, and yet the somehow the discourse is trending down, or it's getting worse. It was so good. The vibes were great after that uh, first preseason game. Turns, when Teddy ball, Drew ball, everyone was happy. It turns out it's really just comes down to like 
how is Drew Locke playing? Yep, exactly. Yeah. But the fan base knows as <laughs> Drew Locke goes. I right mean, now. literally, it was a comparable result, right? You blew out an opponent. Your defense played great. Your starting quarterback played very well. Yes. And, and yet, you couldn't have had a more different reaction from a lot of people in the public sphere to that. I mean, frankly, it was disheartening. It was, and... It, it, it leads us into our conversation here because part of there is part of it that's saying like I can't handle another week of this. Just let's move on. But the the truth is it's never ending. This will never end. Mm-hmm. We're stuck with this all season, because unless whoever is the starter right now, it sure looks like Teddy Bridgewater is the favorite. Um, unless they go out there and they tear it up, and I I really mm-hmm. mean tear it up because even if they win uh, Monday or on opening night seventeen sixteen, that's not going to be enough for people. You don't think wins are going to shut people up? I think that close wins will not. Those close non-exciting get, wins will not excite people. Those first three games have to have some style points involved. If, Man, for people I mean, to, come on, for guys. people to real, especially if it's Teddy, yeah, because no, only if it's yeah, Teddy. <laughs> if, it, if it's if it's Teddy Bridgewater, then they need to be winning those three those first three games convincingly. Otherwise, there's going to be a seg- a segment of the fan base that says. Well, look what Drew Locke could have done if yes. he was out there to make those to- throws. Uh, you guys re- are crazy, no, though. It's because not us. We're just telling Vic, you what's no. going to happen. Vic is searching for his first September win. Fans should be happy if you get not one, not two, but three of those. This so is the what, fan base that booed Peyton Manning. Well, Don't forget that. Uh, this is. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's a very different fan base now. I think it is, uh, but the point stands, which is r- this really weird almost purgatory that the Broncos are stuck in right now. And the fans have been jaded by like the conversations that we've had to have for the last six weeks of every season for the last four years, which is, should they just tank, you know? And so now people are saying like nine and eight isn't good. Six and 11 is better. And from a like general manager standpoint, I actually agree, but everyone knows that when they kick the ball off on Sunday, you want the Broncos to win. So Yes, people will, it will quiet, but there's still going to be a really loud group of people saying, you, you could have won these games with Drew and he'd be improving mm-hmm. and Teddy's mm-hmm. just the same guy still. So to dial this back to the uh, main point of the conversation, the question is, we don't have a choice. We might just have to deal with this for another week, but is that the right thing for the Denver Broncos? Should they get together today, or maybe they did this yesterday, and, you know, uh, hypothetically, George Payton saying, hey, look, you got to give Drew another week. He, lo- he looks really good so far. He looked amazing with the ones. And, you know, Drew, and, and maybe Vic saying, like, we, this team needs a starting quarterback. We got to move forward. So what's the right answer, Zach? Should this thing go on another week? For the Denver Broncos? Yes. Yes, it should. It should go on one more week just to get a little more sample size. But after digesting this in your terms, Ryan, the only thing that makes me come off of that a little bit is what are we truly going to be able to find out against the car, uh, against the Rams on Saturday in this final preseason game? They're a team that doesn't start anyone, let alone in the third preseason game. So I'm wondering, is this sample size even going to be worth it? So now in terms of the Broncos for this year, the best thing is to make the decision now. Really quick, though, it's not all like the, the competition going on isn't all just about the game. You can do a lot of one ones on one scrimmage work and practice to get more information. But, you can, uh, but this is the week where you mimic game prep. 
because you're going to make the cuts and then everyone's going to scatter for a few days. It's not like they're using that preseason week off to get like four practices in. That's being used as kind of a quasi buy. So this is the this is always the week where you're mimicking the regular season. It's you're you're in terms of what you're doing in practice. Okay, so let me let me counter that though. The Broncos have another week to do that. They could do that uh, next week because that's typically the fourth preseason. But they're telling people, but they're telling teams to you know scatter and basically treat it like a buy. Oh. So. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, in, yeah. but but here's That's the thing a weird is thing to do right before the season starts. Here's the thing, Ryan. The way practices have been going, last week was the most dull practice, yep. and, and and it was boring. And now we're not talking about that as much because look at the way the team came out and played in week one. Look at the way the team came out and played in week two, guys. That's what you want to see. So until the team comes out and plays flat. I'm not going to make a big deal of the practices because maybe Vic's saying that's what this team needs, kind of an easier week. And so that's why I just don't see them doing a 180 at all. I, I, it's hard for me to even entertain that idea. Yeah, the more we talk about this, because I came here, I, I sat in this chair being like, I'm, I'm going to say they should push it. That almost seems more silly. The whole thing's been kind of silly. But if you're not going to get that work in practice where you're doing like really true 11 on 11, first team on first team, series by series breakdowns and you're just going to send them out there against the Rams third teamers and give them each a series and say like whoever does better wins against a bunch of guys that are fighting for their football right lives. It I mean there's sense. the injury risk as well yeah. I mean extra it, injury yeah, risk if, if, if it's up to me I'm not running anyone that I plan on that I plan on using extensively on Saturday night. So then you I'm don't, treating Saturday like the fourth preseason game used to be treated. So Ryan doesn't like the, yeah. the way this sounds right now. And Mace, you must really not like that Von Miller and Cortland Sutton are supposed to play this Saturday. That makes me exceptionally nervous. Yeah. I, and maybe the Broncos will back away from that, but the message that we've been getting so far is that those two guys are playing this week. Maybe do like a simulated You know how they do like simulated games in baseball? In baseball? And I remember... When DeMarcus Ware was working his way back in 2015, he'd do kind of simulated series of reps pre, pre-game with Fred Pagich, the outside backers coach at the time. Pug. Do that with Vaughn and, and Cortland. Say, all right, we're going to give you about the equivalent of 15 reps, but you're going to go against a coach, or you're going to go against uh, Mac McCain in, in pre-game. The, I mean, run, run the routes, have somebody throw him the ball, but take the risk of something bad potentially happening, the variable of live football against guys that are fighting for their careers, take that out of the mix. I agree. I mean, I've been saying for years, if I'm a head coach, none of my star players ever play a preseason game. Sean McVay is right. I agree with you. Well, and then, Mason, I'm not even going to do that then. And I see what what you're suggesting. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say Von Miller and Cortland Sutton. Bubble wrap until Sunday. I don't think they really need a preseason game to to do this. I mean, you guys think Matthew Stafford (laughs) is on a new team, new system, and he plays the most important position in sports, and Sean McVay says no. But you know what we're going to do if – Cortland Sutton has 112 receiving yards through four weeks of the season. You're going to blame it that he didn't play. A We're just going to say, and... well, he's working his way back from right. injury, you know? And like, then the counterpoint to that is, well, he could have been working. He could have gotten two of those rusty weeks out of the way in the preseason. We've also seen the work that he's gotten in practice though. And he's been at full, he's been at full speed, although it hasn't always been 
ideal. So I, I am, full, I, full yeah, I am already prepared for Cortland Sutton's first few games to be less than what we expect yep. from Cortland Sutton, and that's okay. And just wait until it's Teddy Bridgewater making Cortland Sutton look average or below average. What people are going to say. But what's now, Jerry Judy doing, though, at the same well, time? Yeah, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. for the right, I don't think Cor- mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be on Teddy Bridgewater making him look like that. But just to your point about how this fan base is going to stay toxic for a while, that'll yep. play into it. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, all right, I guess we're in agreement. You can't, there's really no point in extending this competition. And here's where the difficulty of naming a starter really comes in for me because the question is not necessarily who gives you the best chance to win against the Giants. And it's not even about the future future. And when I say that, I mean beyond this season. The real question that you have to ask yourself, I think, if you're the Broncos is, can Drew Locke be better by week eight than Teddy Bridgewater will be better by, will be by week eight? And, and again, you know, this is all narratives and stuff, but the narrative is Teddy's pretty much going to stay the same. And he might actually, you know, produce better numbers with a better supporting cast. But you're not thinking he's going to have like a big breakthrough in his development at this point in his career. We've kind of seen something similar. This, this sounds like how Mike Shanahan settled on playing Jay Cutler late in the 06 season. Right. Because... His thought with five games to go in the season, even though the team was at seven and four, it had lost two straight games in a five-day span. And his thought was that based on the way Jake Plummer was trending, they were unlikely to have any kind of success in the playoffs if he were the quarterback. But if he got Cutler out there then, got some games under his belt, then if they were a playoff team, he thought they would have a chance. And so there, there's actually some rationale now, he, for making that call. He was wrong. Yes. Well, we don't know what would have happened in the other scenario. Maybe they, right. the same thing happens. Right. Um, but it didn't work. Didn't work out. It didn't work. But, that, but to me, that is the main question. It could even be by week four. Is Drew Locke better by week four than Teddy Bridgewater is right now? Because, again, he's trending up. He's doing all the things that you've been asking him to do. And, like, uh, even I think Drew Locke haters would have to acknowledge he looked he looks better in this preseason than he did last preseason. He looks better in this preseason than he looked in Week 17 to me. So, the question is, how, how fast is he trending up? Where do you have Teddy Bridgewater? And when do you think he can cross him? Or is it just not even about that to Vic Fangio? He's saying, I don't care about Week 4. I care about Week 1. I want the guy who gives me the best chance now. Problem is this, like I said on uh, Saturday, this is a franchise-altering decision. Yeah, and and Ryan, my 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 question to Mace would be, what year was Jay Cutler in? Rookie. He was he was a rookie, and I think that's a big difference here. Yeah. Is if Drew Locke was showing, if this was his second year even, but third year, how many more years are you going to give him of improvement? So I think I think the Broncos are taking this into consideration. I think that's why the Broncos gave him a chance this year. To, to fight for the job was to say not only is he the best option for this year but can he continue to grow and what we saw was a game that could not be beat but in what Drew did in the first preseason game then he wasn't trending up a- a- after this game this second preseason game I was not impressed with either quarterback in this past week of practice uh, and and really both of them in practices have kind of been flat for the past two weeks or so. So I think the coaches may say, uh, in terms of an argument for Teddy, is 
I think Drew's flattened, and, and these two preseason games are kind of, you know, what we think of, of Drew is going to be this year is, of course, he has the flashes, but then you're, you're going to see a lot of men moments too. Yeah, I think if the Broncos had a young offensive coach, Drew Locke would get this uh, competition. It would be a tie or close to a tie goes to the young guy who has the higher ceiling for offensive potential. And I just think that this coaching staff is not thinking that way. Uh, and when you hear about Vic Fangio talking about like pocket presence and that sort of thing, he's thinking about like, oh, okay, so we're going to have a couple drives a game where it might not even end in a touchdown, but we get three first downs instead of one on the drive because Teddy was able to stick in the pocket and, you know, just deliver a nice little drag route over the middle that, you know, moved the chains. And I just, I think that's like, that's when he goes to sleep at night. That's what he's thinking about. He's like, I think Teddy can keep the offense on the field longer, more consistently. And in the end, that's what matters to him because he thinks 18 points is going to win every game. What do you, it's like baseball. What would you rather have? Would you rather have the guy who's going to hit home runs, but is going to strike out a lot? Or would you rather have the high on-base percentage guy? Well, in 2021, they'd probably go for the home runs guy. They, they probably would, but this, but given what else you have on this team, they, they may say, give me, the, give me the guy who's got the OBP. Give me the guy who's getting on base and keeping the line moving. And Bridgewater's drives that we have seen so far, they are very much keep the line moving yes, drives. exactly. So, like they bleeding 947 of clock time on that second drive on on Saturday night. That's like a Vic Fangio wet dream. Yes, I mean <laughs> did it, 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 it yes, it did take two fourth and ones to do it, but I would also argue this if this team is better in short yardage than it was last year and Vic pointed this out after the game, they're probably going to go for it on fourth and short a lot more often Please. if they're a better <laughs> short yardage offense. They were they were one of the five worst short yardage offense third offenses on third and short last year you can't blame them Vic and Pat Shermer for being skeptical about going for it when they were so dadgum bad at getting third and two third and one third and three if this team is better they will go for it more often and guys I think this isn't fair but I think this is something that may be happening as well they may be taking the best play away from both of these guys the worst play away from both of these guys the worst plays aren't really there you know a sack for Drew for Teddy an incompletion uh and uh, but the best the best plays would be uh, i don't know if you want to count one of the short touchdowns that that teddy had or if it would be a 29 yard pass something like that the sauber throw throw was exceptional so you take that away and then you take away drew's throw and that would hurt drew more than it would hurt teddy doing this and i'm i'm not saying you should do that at all but then they're saying okay well look now what are we looking at and it makes drew look not as bad and also, what's crazy is when I was thinking about this, I think they may value Teddy's long, sustained drives more than the Drew 80-yard touchdown. Definitely. Because I think the defense it, off the field. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and run them. clock out. Yeah. 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 And also, they could say that's more uh, of an oddball thing of happening, whereas a nine-play drive, that doesn't just happen by chance. Right. And, and Vic is saying, hey, if we go out there and, you know, it's a long defensive drive and – they go for it on fourth and one from the 31-yard line, and we stop them. And then you go out there and you throw an 80-yard touchdown on the next play. Well, my guys are tired. Now they're right back out there. Now, again, that's on the offensive coordinator to call it the right way. Right. But, um, 
you, this is all about perspective. And it's why from the beginning we've said... Attacking you. I know. <laughs> it's why from the beginning we've said if Vic Fangio has full control of this decision, it's probably going to end up being Teddy Bridgewater. He's, you know, I know the fans, and, and I tweeted this out yesterday. I said, it's really easy to talk about the future before the season starts. Yeah. When the season starts, everyone just wants the team to win. Mm-hmm. And the coach is never thinking about the future in that way, especially a coach that's in year three and has to win. Now, it's if you got like a Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch scenario when they came in, they both got six-year contracts. Of course, you can think about the future. But especially in this situation, in almost all situations with coaches, they're thinking about week one. And you know what? If they win, there's something that we're not going to hear complained about that it's boring. Oh yeah. If they're if they're winning, well, if, I mean, did you, did you catch twenty fifteen at all? Yeah. Well, but <laughs> different expectations. Different expectations because you had four division titles before then. Yeah. No. 100%. You're coming off of five years missing the playoffs, and if this team starts three and zero, if they get one of those games from Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and they're four and one, and then they're five, and then five and one if they beat the Raiders, and if they're if they're sitting there and they're you know they're they're seven and four and they're nine and five. Nobody is going to be complaining about if it's boring. We're going to be talking about how probably this defense and a ball control offense is the type of equation that can go on the road in January and shock people. That's what we will be saying. Do you know, like, I welcome that type of conversation so deeply in my soul. Yes. Because it's... It's like I can't do the tank conversation again. <laughs> By October, <laughs> we're talking it's about tank. The absolute worst. So, you know, I think. Rep- I, well, I was just gonna say I've been pro Drew throughout this competition, but that is that doesn't mean I'm anti Teddy. I think there's a lot that Teddy brings to the table. I think that again, he's kind of exactly what they've wanted. They what Vic Fangio wants now. I totally also understand the fans who are saying, we've been hearing that for five years. Give us a quarterback who doesn't turn it over, and the but defense going, will win. But they were going for the wrong type of guys. Well, and, and again. It, it, Case Keenum always, wasn't that guy. Joe Flacco wasn't that guy. It's point, counterpoint, point, <laughs> yeah. counterpoint, point, counterpoint. That's just the world we live in and right now. And what people would counter Mace saying is saying, Teddy threw 12 picks last year. Right. It, it's Again, yes. it's... It's just there's a back yeah. there's an answer and for everything. And he was a 92 we Sean Payton. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This say, is well, what drives people Sean crazy. It's what's driving me crazy. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm kind of taking the opposite side of this. Shout out to uh, Colby Cheese 27 for the Colby super chat. Colby Cheese, we could buy some Colby Cheese with that. We could. Probably not like Tillamook, but something <laughs> yeah. a little lower. Um, Thank you. I'm I'm taking the side of like, I am on both sides here. I like both quarterbacks. I like both dudes. I think that both guys, I can see a path. Um, now, again, it's easier for me because I'm not uh, – my job is not on the line that, that I know of uh, based on who the, the starting quarterback is. Let's see how well this pops. <laughs> let's, let's see. Mm. Uh, it's easier for me to say let's, let's go for the future move. But, uh, like, if I, if I ask all the people in the chat who – I assume there's people in the chat who are saying, like, Drew, 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 Drew. If I'm you, sure there are. If you – and they're saying, like, I don't want the coach to be doing what's best for him. I want the coach that does some, what's best for the Broncos. Yeah. Would you do that for your job, whatever your job is, especially if you like your job? You, you have to be told that there's a commitment to do something that you don't agree with, but yes. that, that they're going to have your back. We've heard no such thing there's that, no, that, that, yeah. that exists, and we don't think it exists. And this is why maybe if you're thinking long term, it might not have been best to have 
a coach coaching for his job with a GM on a six-year contract. You go to San Francisco, for example, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch coming at the same time. In Buffalo, a great example, you had Brian Dayball, or not, he's the OC, sorry. You had Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean coming in, both in 2017, and they were on the same page as for what they wanted to do. The first year, they actually, the funny thing is they played Tyrod Taylor because they only had Nathan Peterman there behind them. But then, once they had that 9-7 season, they had long-term viability, and they were able to say, yeah, we're not going to double down on a mediocre quarterback who got us to 9-7. We're going to go all in with Josh Allen. And that's, and when it doesn't you have, make any sense. But when, when you have the coaching GM tied together like that, you're able to make a, a broader decision because you're in it together, and you're probably going to go down together, whereas you have the coaching staff whose vision may not align with upstairs long-term. This might be one of the more damning things I could say, but it's really how I feel. To me, there are four people who have to be on the same page to create a dynasty or a great team for for sustained success. Owner, GM, coach, quarterback. The Broncos are 0 of 4 right now in terms of synergy between (laughs) all of the. You know what I mean? They don't have an owner. The GM's brand new. The coach is on a completely different path, and they don't have their quarterback. And 75% of them may be different 12 months from now. 100% yeah. of them could be different. Maybe, if the owner is like a money bags and says, I want my own GM. I would, I would yeah. hope the next owner is money bags. Yes. So it's, it's a really awkward scenario, and it's why you get these weird um, kind of waves yep. between where people are, you know, where people in the organization are feeling, what they're doing. It's just off. I mean, John Elway and John Fox came in together in 2011. Yep. And the, so there's no doubt yeah, that's just the best thing. Even yes. though it devolved, their vision and timeline were aligned. Yep. Yep. And so, guys, my, my question to round this out is we both think it's the best thing to do right now is to name a starter court, starting quarterback. Is there a chance it's Drew? Are we overlooking Drew? I think there's a chance. Okay. Yes, I think that there's a chance that we're all kind of reading this a little bit wrong. And George Payton might just be saying, like, hey, I'm the boss. Go with the young guy. I like what I'm seeing from him. I think there's something there. Or George Payton might be truly honest and saying, hey, you can't, you can't uh, micromanage a football coach. Right. So, Vic, your job's on the line. He's not saying that directly to his face, but he's saying, all right. Do it the way you want. Let's see what work if it works out. Yeah, and I I don't really think there's a chance. If they're going to name a starter this week, you can't do it after what just happened on Saturday. You can't. Now, if Drew came out and was good, really good, you could have done that, but you just can't. You can't now. And I think you would lose some of the locker if you did locker room if you did that. What, and then it would also be like, why are we doing this competition? Last thing I want, I want to talk about here. What? And then we'll get to a couple Super Chats. What more could Drew Locke have done? Like, what would you what would you have wanted to see from him, at least in the games, that you say, hey, that's what could have won you the job? Nothing in the first game. He was just good as throw to be. Judy. Like, is that could that have swung this? That's three touchdowns for for Drew, two for Teddy. If if he just gets that throw for Judy from it, here to here, quite possibly because when Teddy had his fourth and five on Saturday. He got the first down and, and much, much more. Yep. So that's one thing. Great protection that, on the play, by the way. Yeah. It's funny how protection helps both it quarterbacks. Sure does. Huh? Yes. <laughs> the other thing, I think, with, uh, with, with Drew Locke, the one thing that, that could have helped just a, little, just a little bit is, and again, it's kind of beyond his control, but that 
that first series that he had where he's under pressure and has to, and takes a couple of sacks is that on him no because you can point you can point to the to, to things breaking down but that's it's on that series where I think if he could have found a way to wiggle out and make a play like he did to South Williams in the third quarter against the the guy you know, sick, the, 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 the yeah it was a great play great improv yeah, job by Drew Locke. <laughs> but if he if he has a moment like that on that on that series I think we may be talking about Drew Locke being the guy that uh, would be announced today and that to me is feels silly. It just if, if, if it's, it's that clo- yeah. close, it should be Drew. If it's close, if you think it's close, it should be Drew. And look, now, they were bo- they both were not very good in Minnesota in those joint practices, which I think is another thing that kind of lingers over this. But although both of them had one pick in team period in, in team period reps, Teddy did have a touchdown against the ones, although it would have been a sack potentially in game conditions, and Drew didn't have that. And Teddy was also more accurate in terms of completion percentage against the Minnesota ones in those two days than Drew was. You know what I think? I actually think that it's not as close as we're as it is to our eyes. And what I think really comes down to, and I don't know if they'll tell us this again, if Teddy ends up being the starting quarterback, is they grade every play on a very different scale than we do. Um, because they know what's supposed to happen. Yep. You know they, what I mean? We look good play, bad play. They're saying good read, bad read. Good right, pre-snap. Right Ex- pre-snap adjustments, wrong yeah. pre-snap adjustments. Um, what, if those, what if one of those sacks on that first series for Drew on Saturday was on him failing to identify something pre-snap? They know that. That's a difference-making thing. And I think that's what it comes down to is it didn't come down to one throw that one way or the other. It shouldn't come down to that. Um it comes down to they're going to say over the course of training camp, we felt like Teddy made the the right decision more times. He read the field a little bit better and commanded the any command of the offense. Yep. Yep. And Ryan, I, I agree with you that I don't think it's one throw. That's the difference. And I think the big illuminating thing is something we talked about on the postgame pod. And that is points per possession. Teddy just blew this out of the water. It would have been impossible, but nearly impossible for any quarterback to keep up with that. The six points per possession. And one thing we talked about was how Drew was at 2875. Now, almost ha- less than half of Teddy. But let's say instead of that turnover on downs, they kick a field goal. We'll give Drew that benefit of the doubt. Give him 26 total points. That's still 3.25. That's then, almost half. And then you can take three away from Teddy and say they kicked the field goal on that fourth and five. Or four. What's that? Oh, yeah, take four away. away. And even you can do all the mental gymnastics you you can do all the mental gymnastics you want. It gets it closer. It gets it it closer. And that's why I think it is actually going to be pretty obvious to them because of all of these back things. And with what we think about Vic, it's going to be very obvious. And that's why I think a decision is in the next 24 hours. Right. And, And like in the end, Vic Fangio is human. He didn't like what Drew Locke was doing last year. And I think even that is something that's hard for him to get past. Well, remember even like the the week that they had to play Kendall Hinton, Vic was really unhappy with the quarterbacks. And he said so after the game. Of course, my counter to that is, Vic, you could have avoided this worst-case scenario by following what we said over the summer and having a COVID quarterback isolated. Blake Bortles should have been hanging out in Florida. He shouldn't have been up here with the team. 
Good thing Blake Bortles isn't in the quarterback conversation yeah. now. Oh. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and so it's what I'm saying is like Vic kind of threw the quarterbacks under the bus after that game. You remember that press conference, but Vic wasn't without blame in this. No. All right. Let's get to these super chats. Kale. Do we have a couple that we need to read off? Just one. All right. Perfect. Just one coming in from DTL. From DTL 20 bucks. Thanks so much. Woo! Thank the starter you. isn't going to be named. We'll find out week one and I'm here for the madness. Keep it coming. Oh, man. Honestly, I wouldn't hate it. I if, wouldn't hate if, it. If they oh. don't name the starter this week, I'm all for Drag not naming a starter. I mean, just oh. having Teddy or Drew walk out Which there. Which means every player has to answer that question for the next two and a half weeks. Didn't and, and this is where I would say someone in the organization would need to say, Vic, this is how Gary Kubiak did it. He got up there on Monday, he told the team, and then he went out there and told the media. So nobody was answering these BS questions all week about, oh, who's the quarterback going to be? Everyone was just focused on what the task at hand was going to be that coming Sunday. And as I recall, how did that season turn out? Now, I'm just saying, you're always looking for best practices, right? To me, the best practice on this is exactly what Coobs did with Osweiler, Peyton thing. Say it on say it as soon as you can. Say to the team, say to the public, and then you move on. You take it off the table, and then you focus on football. Well, they're not going to do what I said. I mean, so yeah. so Mace, you don't you don't have to get I worried about not. that. Oh, they're not going to do that. They're going they, to name a starter. If uh, not tomorrow, it'll be next Monday or Tuesday. Until they do, yeah. I'm going to worry. No, there's no need. W W G K G K D. What would Gary? That <laughs> doesn't really do? roll off the tongue. <laughs> what would? Well, what Gary might do is Gary might start Drew Locke. Because Drew can run that play fake boot so beautifully. No, I don't because know. He because he, w- he, went, he went with uh, Trevor. And I think Trevor is Teddy in this scenario. I think so, too. Wait, wait. Trevor's Teddy? And he hadn't... No, he had Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez was going to be Teddy. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah. no. <laughs> it was Teddy versus more unknown Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I mean, I think we have to dive into my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week right now because it is this. And right now over at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get some juice on this right now. Who will take the Broncos' first snap in the regular season? Drew Locke is the heavy favorite right now, minus 190. Wow. Teddy Bridgewater, plus 130. I'm taking that and running with it. And I'm not wasting any time because, again, I think this thing's over soon. Holy cow. Yeah. Like, how far uh, off honestly, are we? Honestly, if you're – right. If you believe in anything that the narr- – now, again, the narrative last week was this thing was Drew's. Now the narrative is yep. this thing's Teddy. Maybe we're all off, and they're going to start Brett Rippin. Um, <laughs> there, but- is, there is no other quarterback now. Okay, but – that's pretty juicy. In yeah. fact, you might need to go if you want in on it. You might need to go right now because yeah. DraftKings could very well be listening. Okay, <laughs> yeah. for people on the app, how do they find that, Zach? It's uh, it is for Mace. <laughs> <laughs> it is under uh, Player Specials or Player Futures. You got to scroll to the far right. There it is, and then it's under Starting Player Props because you've got. Who will take the Denver Broncos' first snap? Look at this. This guy didn't trust me. Yeah. He didn't trust no, me. I, wow. He had to see it for himself. <laughs> Maybe I he's just to, placing the bet now. Well, I'm also <laughs> seeing it in odds that I can understand. Drew Locke is 10 to 19. Teddy Bridgewater is 13 to 10. How so does that, ugly. Yeah, how does that make any sense? <laughs> um, all right. Also, uh, well, okay. Let's get into our – Mace, do you have one uh, pick of the week? I'm going for my, my usual – uh, one, Zach. Br- Thank my, you. my usual – 
picture opposing the Braves over under on the strikeouts tonight is Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees. So I'm going to take the over on five and a half strikeouts. Boy, that is just a, your fallback, and it seems to work. It's worked more often than not. I think, I think I'm at about 75% there you go. That's, on that. That's so. a lucky number. Uh, I think I might have already given this one out, but I just don't care. I'm doing it again. It's that <laughs> you feel good. that good about it. It's re- I really do feel that good about it. Let me make sure I get the right number here, make sure it hasn't changed. Scroll down to the J's. Two Ooh, J's, maybe. Jays. Two J's, blue J's? Okay, wait. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong <laughs> section. <laughs> sorry. Uh, let me just make sure I have it right here. Scroll down this to the. This is Jays. our betting guy. All right. Uh, sorry, I just clicked the wrong thing. Jerry Judy, regular season receptions, over sixty-five and a half. What are we doing here? Yeah, come on. I mean, what does that break, Mace? Can you do that mental math? Sixty-five, sixty-six divided by eighteen. Seventeen. No. no. Or per game. Per game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, divided by seven. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, 17. That is fewer than four receptions a game. Just Come on. It's about, about 3.8 or so. Now, I felt this way last year. They had him at 55 last year, I think it was. And I think he ended up falling. Or maybe it was 50 and a half. I don't know. But it ended up being really close. I just can't see a way. He should have three catches every first quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Especially just what we kind of talked about in the past couple of weeks about Cortland Sutton maybe not being mm-hmm. back 100%. You may not take his overs, but you smash Judy's. I think so, too. And again, the the this narrative went away a little bit, but the early narrative was Teddy and Jerry have hit it off Yeah, right off the bat. Yeah. And obviously that fourth down uh, completion was great. I think that was the only time he targeted him Yep, in the preseason. But that's just because they only had what one or two drives together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. In OTAs, it was Teddy going to Jerry every other play. Yeah. If not even more often than that. So if he's the starter, I'm even more confident in this. Right. And I get last time I gave out this pick, I thought Drew was going to be the starter. Right. And you still felt good about yeah, it. That's great just because it. of how good Jerry Judy looks. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, Wait, just quick shout out to Mace because I did that math in my head. He said it was about 3.8. It's 3.82, and yeah. he did that in his head. So <laughs> There we go. Impressive. <laughs> and also, if you need someone to help you do very complicated math, check out our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Well, they will hook you up with the best mortgage, not just the, the best mortgage and interest rate, but they'll hook you up with the entire process. And the reason I say they're so good crunching numbers is because Mike is a certified financial planner, and that will help you beyond just the interest rate and the mortgage rate that you're looking at. So make sure to check them out over Shiva, over at dnvrmortgage.com, or you can give Virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578. And you know the deal about Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia are part of the DNVR family. They are members, and they've been part of our family for a long time, and they help take the stress out of buying a home. So let them do that for you. And if you check them out, you will receive a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get set up with a free consultation as well. It doesn't get any better than that. Check them out over at dnvrmortgage.com. Com, NMLS 1910006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. And finally, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. They're damn good beers. I don't know what else to say. Saturday was a strawberry sky night. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working towards vanilla porter season, which actually coincides nicely with the beginning of football season. Um, but whatever beers you like, Breckenridge Brewery does it best. And heck, even if you don't like beers, you're a Celtic guy or girl. 
They do the best of those as well. (laughs) Maybe you only like the lemonade seltzies. Well, they do the best of those as well. So check out Breckenridge Brewery. Damn good beers and seltzers. Yes, it's it's the best. It's the best. And just like our coverage here is the best. And we want you to become a member with us so that you can leave comments on the pod that which we're going to read to right now so that you get all of the perks that we are offering. And also... Guys, you got to hold your fantasy draft here. I know I've got a fantasy draft. This is fantasy draft week, I think, right Ooh. now and next week. Mm-hmm. No better place to get in on fantasy drafts than here at the bar because not only is it the best place to host a draft, but you get two free pitchers of beer. You get a, your choice of Breck beer, so you can get whatever you want. You can get a pitcher of Strawberry Sky. You can get the RK Special if you want, and you get a draft beer pitcher of your choice as well. So here's what you do. Email GM at the DNVR bar to get your fantasy draft set up. And, boy, get those free pitchers and have a great time. Also tell Darren I said hi when you email him. <laughs> <coughs> He's, like, right downstairs, but you tell him to. Um, all right. Let's get, we're going to get into the questions from the listeners. Um, but first, let's get to these super chats um, because we've got a few. Wow. Here. We love you. Stopping by the bar this weekend, and I'm wondering does D Line have a new Bronco shirt ready to roll? Hyped, love DNVR. Cheers. Very soon. Yes. Very soon. I actually soon. have seen one. So I, I can guarantee you there's at least one coming soon with more in uh, the workshop, per se. And love to hear, David, that you're stopping by the bar this mm-hmm. weekend. Yes. Definitely say hi. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll be here for uh, what could be a very boring game. It's either going to be like the end uh, of the this quarterback competition, very exciting, or, yes, an extremely boring game. Yes. Oh, <laughs> wait, what do you do? So let's say that you name Teddy the starter this week. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Drew starts. Are you going to start Drew in week three? <laughs> yeah. Playing Brett Rippon all the way through, baby. Four quarters of Brett? Four quarters of Brett. What if he gets hurt? Touch wood. Better than Drew getting hurt. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying then you can bring someone, back Kyle Slaughter. You have to suit someone else mm-hmm. up. Oh. Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm down for that, actually. Give us something to watch. All right. What else we got? All right. Coming in from Lester Adkins. Midseason change odds. With a week 11 bye, there's no easy point to switch QBs if they want to change. Five to six division games are after the bye. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of people in my mentions, besides the ones who are just fighting with each other, uh, there's a lot of constantly, that. Uh, are oh, talking. so now you get some fighting in your mentions? I'm glad to hear. Well, no, they're fighting with each other. <laughs> right, right. It's crazy. Uh, like, a hundred messages. Yeah, like yep. I'm out on the golf course yep. yesterday, just watching two mm-hmm. people fight in my mentions. Yeah, I, I I get one of people people that are fighting the beginning of last week. It popped up this morning. I'm, we're starting this again. I know. It's like, <laughs> ugh, come on, guys. Um, but a lot of people talking about that. You know, is it make more sense to go from Teddy to Drew or Drew to Teddy? To me, it makes a lot more sense to go from Drew to Teddy. If it, if you know Drew didn't work out, you pull the emergency parachute. But we've talked about this a lot as well. You just can't afford for it not to work out in the first three weeks. Like, literal jobs are on the line. (laughs) Yes, Vic can't afford to not win a game in September. The problem is, is if Drew gets put in, let's say they make Teddy the starter. If Drew gets put in, to me, it's like a, I don't even know. It's like a last-ditch, like, trade value thing or something along those lines. Or it's a save-the-season thing. I mean, in addition to the buy, there's another moment it's after the seventh game. The seventh game, of course, is in Cleveland on Thursday night. Mm. So there's it's another logical buy. point. Mini buy, you get two of the next three at home, all three against the NFC East. You presume you, you would like your chances to win two of three 
of those games against Washington at Dallas and then Philadelphia at home. And then you get the bye. And then if you make the change, let's say Teddy is the starter and you change to Drew after the Browns game. You give Drew three games to kind of get his scene legs, get back to get comfortable, and then that final push coming out of the bye with all those division games. Yeah, I think it's done for either of these guys if they're the backup. Just, just for, out of the forever? year? For the yeah, year? forever. Yeah, no, no. For, you uh, know what? Here's why, and I, I'll just say this. This is one example, and I know this is the exception to the rule. But when Teddy started talking about Bill Parcells on Saturday, it kind of got me thinking. Because Parcells, most of his success was with the Giants. He had Phil Sims. There are elements of the Phil Sims career arc that apply to both of these guys. With Sims, it was okay, or could apply to Drew Locke. With Sims, it was he, you know, he struggles early. He's just okay, has some success, but then ends up getting benched a few years into his career and is a backup for a little while, and then comes back as the starter in his sixth year after Scott Bruner had been the Giants, Giants quarterback the previous year. But Drew Locke could take that arc as well. I mean, Sims started, benched, and then came back in and was better and was a really good quarterback. So. If Drew loses this job, I am not of the belief that this is all over for him at all. I think it's I think it's over in Denver. I don't know about that. I do. I wow. tend to agree with Zach. I mean, they tried to replace him all off season, then they picked Teddy over him. It feels like everyone from George Payton on down will have made their mind up at that point. But what if he he sits there for those few weeks for half a season, whatever? With a clipboard, he watches Teddy. He's in the meeting rooms with Teddy. He starts to kind of see the game in terms of a more pragmatic approach, and really can get to that calculated gunslinger level. Learns how to you know, learns a little bit from watching the film of Teddy, and then applies that to his game when he gets another shot. And is a different kind of quarterback. No, I that, I really I, do. I mean, maybe uh, I am. I'm probably maybe I'm I'm probably wrong on this because I'm banking on the outlier here. But I don't think it's over for Drew if he loses this job. Well, and and, I don't think it's over I here. I, and I hope that's the case for Drew. I just, uh, I just think it would be over here. And did, could I see that happening? Sure. I just certainly wouldn't be betting on it. Who is the Colts backup? It is, uh, isn't Ellinger it Sam Ellinger? Yeah. It's either Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger. They're in a oh, competition sure. right now. <laughs> now They're so done. I'm just saying if I were them, I'd be calling about Drew Locke. Now, maybe why they wouldn't is now... Carson Wentz is practicing this week, and it seems like he's on the the timetable return sooner than later. Interesting. Okay. They All right. Let's hung get... on to Jacoby right. Brissett's what they should have done. Do we have one more yeah. super chat. One more yeah. super chat. You guys kind of already talked about it, but um, not Peter. specifically. Uh, coming in from Peter, you guys have done a good job this whole off season. How long of a leash would Teddy have if you were named the starter? Honestly, I think any quarterback's leash is kind of short, mm-hmm. just because it's so you're so desperate to win i mean at least two of the first four games yeah you have to to where if you go oh and two god forbid <laughs> what if you're oh and one i mean because that giants game right i know what you're gonna say it's a coin flip and then you go down to jacksonville in the heat in the heat and humidity and you're struggling and you're down say 13 six at halftime the offense isn't going much of any place <laughs> and you say all right kid go in there I, I really think that's a possibility um it's a kind of a worst case scenario because it just means like everything you did for this yeah. whole training camp you were wrong about um but it's a possibility the the least the leash is short 
Because again, jobs are on the line here. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot go zero and two. It's just not an option. Uh, you you certainly you know can't do worse than that. And even one and two is like all alarms are sounding. We're talking about tanking at at, at halftime of that Jaguars game. I mean, you thought tanking the tank talk starting in October was early. Stop. (laughs) Don't do this to me. But if they're one and two after three games, we're basically looking at that Raven game and saying, unless you pull off an upset, anybody who is not in the plans for 2022 and beyond, anyone who has an expiring contract, you take calls. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and that's again. That's why this is so desperate. Yeah, that everyone's everyone's leash is short. Yeah, Pat yep. Shermer's leash is short. Yep. Oh, everyone. Yeah, because Vic to save his job, maybe moving on from a coach, right. in order to save his job for another week or two. You have two former NFL head coaches on the staff, mm-hmm. and another high-level college head coach, Mike Shula. You've got. You've got Mike Shula, who's also been an NFL offensive coordinator, who's in the wings for Pat Shermer. I mean, everyone is can be chopped. I mean, yes, everyone. <laughs> I mean, you, you could have you could have a Mike Mike Munchak, Mike Shula, Mike and head Mike. coach, offensive coordinator, Mike and Mike combo. If this thing starts bad, it's bad enough. That yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they could have their own radio show. Yeah, or they could. <laughs> no, so it, it is. That, that's how desperate they are. Yeah. They mm-hmm. have to win two out of three. I mean, they just have to. Yep. Whatever it takes. Yep. And if it's not happening, you're going to have to do something crazy to try and make it happen. And Drew as the savior, I feel like, kind of like would fit his arc. You know? It would. Um, mm-hmm. He comes in at halftime of the Jags game. He leads them back to a win. He leads them to a win over the Jets. He leads them to a win over the Ravens. And everyone is telling you that the coaching staff are idiots, and I would absolutely be one of them. Um, but you know, Drew looks great, and uh, you know, all, everyone's happy. Or is you, it you, possible he needed that scenario to kind of bring it all together? Yeah, but the coaches don't get credit for that. <laughs> I mean, Ryan, you talked about you, you hinted on Saturday, suggesting potentially just keeping the quarterback competition going throughout the year, and I shut it down. What if, what if you make Teddy your starter and Drew's your closer? Drew comes in in the fourth quarter every game. Well, it w- only if you're losing. <laughs> he uh, should be closing every drive in the red zone. Although, to Teddy's credit, he's actually done very well in the games, at least, yep. against mostly scrubs. But he's done much better in the games in the red zone than he did in practice. Okay, we absolutely... Oh, yeah. uh, no, one more. Sorry. People keep saying you can't make the playoffs with Teddy. Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, Doug Williams, Joe Flacco, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, say you're wrong. I, I will not take that saying, Doug Williams slander in that conversation. I, I don't think anyone's saying you Doug can't had a big make arm. the playoffs with Teddy. And I, I don't think any of us are saying that. I think I the Broncos would, can make the playoffs. I'd be willing year. to say you very likely cannot win a Super Bowl with Teddy. Yeah. But I wouldn't even say you can't. Just look at the last few years. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky has been a playoff quarterback twice. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor has up. been a playoff quarterback. Just about anyone can make can make yeah. the playoffs. Mark, yeah. Mark Sanchez led the Jets to back-to-back AFC Championship game appearances in just the last dozen years. He, I believe at one point, maybe to this day, holds the record for most playoff road wins in a row or something like that. <laughs> he won, like, every – all but one of his – or no, they were all, every playoff game he had was a road game, and the Jets won four of the six. Yeah, maybe I don't, he had some interesting record about road playoff games. He just he just cool mark. He beat Tom Brady. Maybe in like the best Patriots. winning percentage in road playoff. Maybe, games. Maybe yeah, wow. and yeah. He, he went to some tough spots. He he beat Although the Eli won two Super Bowls yeah. as a wild card, right? Yeah, yeah. but I, 
he yeah as a wild card, but then they lost some other games over the years on the road too. Right, right, right. But like with Sanchez, it wasn't just that the Jets were winning these games. They had one game where they 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 won at New England with Tom Brady. They won at Indianapolis with Peyton Manning. Actually, Peyton Manning's last yeah, I believe that was his last game as a Colt quarterback. Mm. Before the injuries that. was against All right, the Colts. Let's get into the, the comments from uh, the DNVR members. If you want to get in the comment section, become a member at thednvr.com. There's a lot here, so we'll try to get to as many as we can. Um, potentially skip over ones that don't have clear questions. Um, and of course, the first one we start with is a long one. And since we're in the season right now, if you guys would shorten the comments just a little bit, just so we can get to as many as possible. Or Super just a, chat a TLDR. Right? Super chat link. TLDR. <laughs> that, that goes a long way. I looked in to see if we could uh, uh, like lower the amount of characters. I don't know <laughs> if it's possible. All right. First one's from Kirk Smith 44 He says, I've typed in about three or four comments and deleted them. Wow. He's, he's wrote up about a thousand <laughs> words this night. Uh, they don't correctly express my frustration with this competition. We're arguing between a journeyman who has met and a young QB who has only shown a few flashes in his first two years. I want Drew, despite the fact that I was ready to kick him to the curb at the end of last season. I know he probably won't become Josh Allen, but I'd sure like to at least know for sure. So we're now left with Vic Fangio to make this decision. I think that's the roughest part of the whole thing. Vic is making the decision. He's a coach thinking for his career and thinking what's best for saving his job and not what's best for the franchise. Matt Nagy is another coach who's in the same position. He has stated what he wants to do and what's best for his players, uh, the Bears, and not ruin Justin Fields despite the fact that his coaching staff would be better off starting Fields from day one. If Fields struggles but comes on strong, he probably gets another year, but he'll probably start Dalton because of their difficult schedule to start the season. This is a decision I don't think Vic would make. So despite my frustration with the competition, I guess I'm just more frustrated with Vic and wonder if maybe we would have been better off finding a new coach last offseason and let the new GM pick his guy instead of the other way around. I mean, if Vic is not around next year, then I think the answer is absolutely yeah. Then then, then you should have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, with the way the Broncos have been, it's not crazy to say that they'll have a new guy. I have to see a lot of things other than just wins from Vic Fangio this year to, for him to convince me that he should be the coach of this team long term. And what's it, like game management, game management, you know, um, coach management, uh, all those things. You know what I need to see too? a dominant defense and elite yes, defense. That's the number one thing because top that's what three. he was brought here to do, right? Got to be top three. And we haven't seen that yet. Would help if it stays healthy for a yes, of course. in yes. his defense. Yes, yes. Next one's for you, Mace. Count Lockula. The three wide sets with the backup O-line was a death sentence for Drew. The fix is in. Not going for it on fourth down with Drew? Come on. I love me some Teddy, but Drew got done dirty. I'm so done with Fangio. I'll say it right here. He's a terrible head coach. He's living in fear, and we suffer the consequences year after year. That having been said... I'm stoked about his defense and this team in general. Go Broncos. Love the count. There's a lot going on in that comment. Yeah. Uh, um, and Mace, I loved the stat you put out, which was, I believe, um, was it three? He had three play action passes in the first game that led to 101 yards and a touchdown. And he had and, no play action. And zero play action passes. At least now, under center. Play action under center. There were a oh, couple right. of, of fake shotgun yeah. handoffs. But we're ta- the thing we talk about when we're talking about true play action right. in a West Coast scheme is when, you've, when you're under center, you play, you play fake. Sometimes you got an eye formation or an offset eye, and then you, kind of, and you boot out. That's what we're talking about with the thing that really works for him. Yep. And, and 
that's really interesting. Now, we did find out after the game that the play he was stepped on was going to be the play that Brett Rippon later threw a touchdown pass on. Yes. Um, and I, th- I think Drew alluded to it being the same coverage, so mm-hmm. it probably would have had the same result now that you can't count on that. Right. But, I mean, those are little things that, like, Drew fans are saying, like, yep. if it's really that close, like, it's going to – Austin Schlotman stepping on his foot is going to cost this guy the job. The fourth ah. down, the coaching decisions, the coaches skewing yep. this to, toward Teddy. And the lack of uh, doing what works really well for him. Right, right. Now, what I would say about those fourth downs is not the coaches skewing it against Drew, but isn't that the coaches really showing you how they feel about Teddy? And just how much confidence and trust they I have in him. Think it Again, really exists. I really wish they would have gone for it on fourth down with Drew, uh, mm. but I think that that's very telling. And again, I mean, isn't the preseason about evaluating? Yes. Did you need to evaluate Brandon McManus? Maybe, maybe George told him, "Hey, if you get if you go undefeated in the rate in the preseason, I'll sign you to a contract." Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, he. You know, he wanted McManus to. They were up he, seventeen. He said he wanted McManus to practice practice the kicks. They're getting plenty of practice on place kicks because they're because they're kicking so many extra points because they're scoring so many points. <laughs> Just go for it on fourth and five. Yeah, that's some BS, is what that is. He yeah. wanted to see. You really wanted to see. Uh, McManus kick a field goal. Give me a break. <laughs> what is? What are you gonna? What are you gonna do? Cut him if he doesn't make it? What? Uh, well, it's not like in the regular season you're letting him go out there to try deep ones. Right. <laughs> Give me I a guess break. sometimes Vic did. Uh, the next one from Levi Hunt. A common argument from Drew Locke supporters is that he deserves a first chance because of his age and upside. Denver can then just always move to Teddy later in the season if Drew blows it with the chance he's given. But I think Denver has to go into the season with the QB who they think gives them the best chance to win because of how easy the start to their schedule is. Maybe the three easiest games on the schedule in the Giants, Jags, and Jets. They have to go 2-1 or 3-0 to start the season, The playoffs, or else the playoffs are almost already lost. What do you think about the QB competition in regards to the easy early schedule? We just talked about that, yeah. uh, and I couldn't agree more. The, that's the, I think that is weighing heavy on Vic Fangio is just I need this 3-0 and start or at least 2-1. and one. I got to go with the safe guy with less variance. It is so crazy mm-hmm. that we're talking about a team that has not had a winning season since 2016, how they have to have a 2-1 and one start. But it's just true. When you look at it, it's true. And that's just why you go. they're going to go with the guy they trust. When's the last time the Giants, Jets, or Jags made the playoffs? The Jags with Jags Bortles? Jags with Bortles in 17. The Eli G- Manning? Yeah. The Jets, I think you have to go all the way back to... Um, Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. The Sanchez. <laughs> it's been a, yeah, it's been a long time for them. It's not even just like teams that were bad last year. It's like right. historic. historic. Well, and the Giants did it the Giants, yeah, the Giants did it with McAdoo, like... In was it in like sixteen? They made the playoffs with fifteen and six. Wow. <laughs> yeah, with with Eli. Yep. Where exactly. is Ben McAdoo these days anyway? CFL, I would guess. <laughs> yeah, eleven sun. eleven and five in uh, well, in twenty sixteen. You know, he maybe plays maybe like the Calgary Flames. <laughs> I know that's a hockey team. Oh, he's a consultant for the Cowboys. Ah, he's trying to get back at his former and he was team. The, nice gig if you can get And it. he was the quarterback's coach for the Jaguars last year after being out of football for two years. Okay, because for a while it seemed like he was pulling a rich Kotite. Gets fired from a New Classic, York team yeah. and, just, or, and vanishes off the face of the earth. Yeah, yep. that would be a Kotite move. Classic Kotite. Make sure you said Ben McAdoo's back. And NFL is almost back, guys. And that Ooh. means my favorite betting season is here. And there's no better place to get in on the action than our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys, we already gave you winning bets. But if you guys want to use free money 
to hit those bets, here's what you do. All new users, if you bet uh, $1 on any game in week one, you get $200 in free bets. That's all you have to do. Bet on any week one game, and they'll give you $200 in free bets, which you can use uh, on picks of the week that we're going to give you. And it's so much fun. I cannot wait for everything they've got coming with in-game parlays that you, you can do and everything that they're offering over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $200 or to get $200 in free bets when you bet $1 on any Week 1 game. That's code DNVR to get $200 in free bets for a limited time only. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- 522-4700. Also, right after this show ends, we'll be going right into uh, DNVR Bets Daily. Me and Eric going to give you some winners. Mm. Um, also, shout out to Hassle Cattle Company. It's the best beef that money can buy, in my opinion. Or at least uh, fair-priced beef that money can buy. Uh, and it's so good that we've put it right into the burgers here at the DNVR Bar. And we've got some new burgers here at the DNVR bar that you absolutely want to come check out. Cream cheese. Yeah, my favorite is just mm. the Denver burger, the classic cream cheese uh, and hatch green chilies. They are, it's delicious. Um, but Those are the two best toppings you could put on a burger and then you put it on mm. the best meat. Exactly. And we have the best buns, I think. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm not even overstating it. It's incredible. Got the and best bread, period. But that's another matter entirely. Yes. Um, there's all sorts of great <laughs> yeah. new stuff uh, on the menu. And Hassle Cattle is very featured. But you can get this sent straight to your door if you can't make it down to the DNVR bar. And you can get 10% off when you use the code DNVR10. So go to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com for 10% off uh, when you use the code DNVR10. And if you go over $200, which, by the way, You'll get a lot for $200, yes, you but you're going to want all of that. You'll get free shipping as well. So check them out, Hassle Cattle Company. You're going to want something to wash that down with if you get some Hassle Cattle Company beef. And that's where our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee come in. Yes, you can have coffee with Love them. Love a steak with some coffee. <laughs> hey, I mean, that... Is that breakfast or dinner? Well, you could do steak and eggs with yeah. coffee. Yes, you absolutely can. That, you know what? That's, that's a meal that's going to perk you up. <laughs> if you're a guy, it's going to put some hair on your chest. Steak and coffee. Uh, and Strava that's cl- that's and, why I don't have chest hair. And you know what? It's going to make you feel good as well because if you've got headache, aches and pains, whatever, Strava Craft Coffee, it's infused with CBD. And people far and wide have used CBD products to take care of little ailments and reliefs that have been bothering them. And guess what? They've upped the ante. They're offering a new discount code. You know about the code DNVR20. Well, how about DNVR25? 25% off your first order at Strava Craft Coffee. You can go check out the reviews, and you'll be blown away with stories about how Strava Craft Coffee has helped them. And you know what? If you've tried Strava, you like it, you can subscribe and get 20% off for life. So either DMVR25 for a one-time 25% off, or subscribe, get delivered to you on a regular basis, get 20% off for life. You can get every two, four, six, eight weeks from that great-tasting Strava Craft Coffee with the benefits of of CBD. If you want to try once before you order, come on down to the MVR bar, try some of Strava's cold brew, which we've got on tap down here. Check it out. Strava Craft Coffee. That code DNVR25 for 25% off. All right, let's go hyperspeed here. Try and knock out as many as we can here. Next one's from D Bronk. He says, if Teddy's name is started, do you let Drew play in the final preseason game? Well, that's what we've been talking about. Um, it's a question that is really interesting. 
I've, I have the answer, though. Brett Rippin, first half. Kendall Hinton, second half. <laughs> there we go. Yes, you let Drew play. Aviator Chris says, y'all got me. Treated myself to a membership for my 28th birthday. Thanks birthday. to training camp offer code. Happy birthday. Nice. And we got, we got him. Howdy from Fort Worth, Texas, but originally from upstate New York. Been a diehard Bronco fan since 07. Thanks to the first NFL game experience when I got to watch Cutler and the Broncos take down Vince Young and the Titans. The atmosphere at the stadium was electric, and you could feel the energy from the crowd. I'm sure it's been asked before, but what was y'all first live Broncos game as a fan you attended and also covered as media. Keep up the great work and look forward to commenting more on future pods. Hashtag Broncos country. I'll tell you guys the story of my first game covering the team in the stadium. It was the first game after the Super Bowl, and we're on the field getting to watch Brandon McMahon, or no, getting to watch the Panthers. Young Way Koo, I think. Just, yes, yes, just miss it for the Broncos to beat the Panthers. No, wait, that was. Who was the Chargers in 17? Gosh, so many guys have missed game winning field goals down there. (laughs) It was. Was it Joey Sly Sly. back then? Joey Sly. Yeah. Yep, uh, that was a great one. I think um, my I think that was also my first one in the press box. Oh no, yeah. not not Joey Sly, Graham Gano. Oh, Graham uh, Gano, good because it was yes. Gano. <laughs> yeah, and he only hit seventy nine percent of his field goals that year. That was tough scene. Um, yeah. I don't remember exactly who it was. The first game I ever went to was, I believe, a preseason game. And I think I've told the story before. We were sitting at the very top of the old mile high, and it was so steep. And my mom had me on her lap, and I was convinced that I was going to, like, fly off her lap and just tumble down the entire <laughs> section and die. Especially when it got loud and yes. the stadium shaking. Yeah. The stadium shaking. It literally felt like we were on the top of Everest, just like a straight <laughs> decline down to the bottom of the field. Yeah. I see. My first Bronco game was preseason Tampa 1993. Of course. Broncos at Bucks. It was uh, John Elway playing briefly in the preseason opener and also John Lynch making his professional debut. How about that? that The Johns. Yes. A couple Hall of Fame Johns. And there was a little trash talking going on between the two Stanford guys, as we would later learn. First Bronco game I ever covered, it was actually the first NFL game for which I had a credential. It was Broncos at Seahawks in 1999 in the Kingdom. When I was working uh, on the league site, they contracted out to – ESPN at the time, and they had digital offices up there, and I was based out of Seattle. And, man, the Kingdome that night was so loud that I could feel my pant cuff shaking with the noise. Wow. That is, like, that is, to this day, it's the loudest stadium I've ever been in was the Kingdome that night because you had a roof over it, obviously. And the Seahawks were really good that year. They hadn't been good for a long time. And so, the, and they're playing the defending champions, even though the defending champions didn't have TD and didn't have John, John Elway having retired. Chris Miller was the quarterback that night, but it was still just electric in there, even though the Broncos lost. Next one's from Salty Butler. Based on what we've seen, I'd make Teddy the starter. To me, he just seems more consistent and looks more comfortable. However, I do think it's unfair that we haven't seen Drew with the full starting offense. If the coaching staff wants to wait until after the third preseason game, here's what I think they should do. Play the starting offense again for at least halfway through the second quarter, but maybe the whole first half and split time between Teddy and Drew with Drew going first. I know you don't normally play the starters much in the preseason, but frankly, the offense has been so bad the last years that they haven't earned the right to sit it out. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, and if it would even make a difference at this point, man, I was all about this until I realized they'll be going against scrubs. They might like, you can get this same work against the scout team in your own backyard. Yep. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the the first team offense should be wrecking them. 
it's it wouldn't be real because they'd probably have no pressure i just i don't i don't yeah. think they even really have the option of taking this thing much longer is it better work than you had in minnesota against their no. ones is it better work than you had against your own ones in training camp i don't think it is it's yeah. n- it, there's just no way yeah. you can decide anything no you have a lot of information right now yep we know which way we think we know which way they're leaning you i just don't think even if George Payton was like pleading for extra time, I don't know what could happen that could change anything yeah, at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think so. So I, I think it's over. Next one, long one from Bronco Oilers. I'm going to try to hit the important parts. He says, happy Victory Monday. Once again, really enjoy, really encouraging to see the team in another blowout win. It's preseason, and we had a lot of ones playing against backups, but I'm encouraged the way they look, and that's the way they should look. On the quarterback front, it's hard to imagine Vic calling it for Drew based on last night's game and Vic's comment and demeanor. Is it the choice I'd make? Maybe not, but watching Teddy make plays makes me wonder if overestimating Drew's ceiling in Vic eyes. Conventional wisdom says Drew has a higher ceiling than Teddy of being the long-term guy based on tools, but he's been so wildly inconsistent I'm finding it harder and harder to envision him as a franchise quarterback. As much as I love Drew, he's really profiting or, or profiling for me to be one of those high-talent developmental guys who eventually plateaus as an inconsistent low-end starter high-end backup that you can see flashes at some starts. Likewise, maybe we're under, underestimating Bridgewater's ceiling in Fangio's eyes. Is it possible to Vic could see Teddy at ceiling as what he produced in New Orleans, yet he doesn't have Sean Payton calling plays, but you could argue that he has a better supporting cast and defense than the 2019 Saints, where in the six he threw for 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, two picks, 68% completion. Projected over 17 games, that's 3,900 yards, 26 touchdowns, six (laughs) interceptions with a 68% completion. If I'm Vic Fangio, it's not that crazy to have more faith in the idea of Teddy regaining his New Orleans form or close to it than a guy that we've never seen string two games in a row to turn into a franchise quarterback in his third year. Let me ask you guys this. If Teddy had a season like that, what are you doing? You're keeping him. You're not moving away. 26 and 6? I mean, if he goes 26 and 6 and almost 4,000 yards, the Broncos are making the playoffs and no one wants to see them. I was going to say, they're winning a playoff And they're probably re-signing Teddy. To a monster deal. They're they're signing him to a three-year, $60 million contract with more. With forty million guaranteed, he just signed a what was it three year sixty million dollar contract two years ago. It was thirty three million guaranteed. That's why I'm, I'm upping the guarantee to, yeah. to basically the first two years. Uh, I think you're talking thirty yeah. million a year. Don't do. I'm that. not saying that's ideal and that's, by any but means. But that's the danger zone is <laughs> yeah. when you pay, when you pay big money. This is what locked for a non elite quarterback, right? right. Yes. Well, well, and what are you gonna do though? Let a guy that just had your best yes. season since 2014, Peyton Manning, walk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you're you're dra- or you're re-signing him, but you're drafting Malik Willis. Okay, okay. Well, speaking of Peyton Manning, Omaha chimes in and says, Teddy reminds me of Peyton a la 2015 with the two gloves and wobbly throws, but also with the feeling of absolute calm that washes over me, knowing he's rarely going to make a bad decision and the accuracy is mostly on point. With this defense and if the Broncos can run the ball well, this team could surprise. I think I'm beginning to become a Teddy stand. He'll make some bad decisions in the road, red zone, though, but I, I'm, but I like yep. the general theme. I, ju- I just love that people are coming around to Teddy seeing the bright spot yep, yep. and, and I, I agree I I told you on Saturday when he lined up in fourth and five I was like he's gonna convert this yep. he mm-hmm. just is so calm yes cool calm and collective baby yes. <laughs> it doesn't look cool, like cool, cool yeah. calm and collective as Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders once said yeah, well put it this way he's not moving slow but when there's a lot going around him it looks like he's cool, he's calm, deliberate you know what I'm saying yep. like, yeah 
Like he's just like he's able to just kind of process. I just don't think he's like scared at all. Yeah. He looks very just like if I get hit, I get hit. Yeah. I'm not worried about any of this. He's already had the worst happen to him. Right. You know. Right. That's and speaking of the fourth down, Bronco Euler says, hey, guys, one more thing that's not being discussed is how many times we went for it on fourth down with Teddy. Do you think Vic goes for definitely it discussed. on fourth downs yes. in a regular <laughs> season game? I don't know, but I actually think that the way that I felt about Teddy is the way that Drew felt about Teddy. Or sorry, that uh, Vic felt about Teddy, which was I think he's going to convert this. Yeah, I don't think he feels that way about Drew. And it goes into the entire thing that we're talking about here with Last year is in Vic Fangio's head. He can't just erase that away. And he feels like Drew put him in a bad position. And I don't think he trusts him. Yeah. So that's why they don't go for it on fourth down. Especially think about this. How many of Drew's misses were like, uh, were, were like five yard outs? Oh, I don't know. Where he just misses the target. Yeah, I mean. And, that, and, that's, and that's the thing that Teddy does really well. I mean, he, you know, he had the, 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 one of the incompletions to Javante Williams, it was a drop. I mean, it was in his hands. Yeah, that's that that's tough. the kind of pass that Drew Locke missed last year. And even though they can say all along, oh, it's about what happens this year, what happens in training camp, you can't mentally, if you're a coach, you, you can't necessarily divorce what you saw last year from what you're viewing right now. Yep. Yeah, you and it's true. I mean, that was one thing we didn't talk about on the postgame show was that Javante had dropped that pass right before. Like, yep. that almost, as a coach, you're just saying, like, I need to see it again. You <laughs> that know? was just yeah. like the Sam, the pass he dropped from Sam Howell against Florida State last year late. And that's the, of course. like, no, as good as Javante Williams is, yeah. I'm a little concerned about the drops with him. Well, maybe Even that's... though he's a terrific receiving back, he does, he does sometimes have... That drop that just makes you go, ugh. Well, in big play scenarios, Mace, maybe that's why we're seeing, uh, w- w- why we'll see Melvin oh, Gordon. Gordon yeah, third, yeah. 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 Uh, from Chat Permer, Fanjo needs to watch some Ted Lasso episodes. Do what is right for the team and the players and not what's right for him. The club is bigger than any one man, especially an out-of-touch old fart like him. Wow. Happy birthday to Vic, speaking oh of uh, getting <laughs> The timing of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think he's out of touch. Although I had a response to that and... Can you? Is it okay to cite something from a show that aired eleven months ago? Mm. In terms of like spoiler? Yes. Alert? Nah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, come, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh come on! What is this? Close. The statute of limitations, I think, is three if months. If you want to spoil, um, Star Wars Heat, you can. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> in, a, in other words, my comment. I'm sorry, you guys think it's a spoiler. I've given it eleven months since that episode came the on show, that Kale. I'm citing. <laughs> so I'm not going to say it here. You can read my okay. you can read my comment. There you go. But I'm just I, I but I get what Shat Permer is saying. That being said, I'm not sure Vic would take the lesson that Permer believes that he would. Permer. <laughs> I just didn't want to say Shat again. No, oh, I, I love just it. did. I just did. <laughs> Vonster Return says Saturday's game was interesting. I'm a Lock fan, but Teddy looked very sharp and confident. Do you think that the defense can carry Teddy like they did Peyton? I understand that you really can't compare Peyton and Teddy talent wise, but Peyton was more of a game manager during our Super Bowl season. I also believe that Teddy could win 11 games from the offensive talent around him. Awesome pod and exciting to see how this year goes. Guys, the good thing is. If Teddy is as bad as Peyton was, and all due respect to Peyton in that year, 
he will be benched. So, I mean, we're not talking about can Teddy be as good as Peyton was. He, he absolutely has to be better. And so you don't need a defense, an elite all-time defense to carry you because Teddy should be much better than, than Peyton. He should. All right, this is going to be the last one we get to right now. Sorry we got backed up a little bit. Um, but, again, you can always copy your comments over to tomorrow, uh, and we'll try to get to uh, them. Well, we will get to them tomorrow, um, and then we'll try to get to as many as we can after that. Uh, but this one is from Sir of Norway, who says, I've been listening to your podcast for more than two years now, and I really appreciate your knowledge, insight, and encouragement. I became a member of DNVR this spring. Uh, living and wearing my DNVR t-shirt in Norway. Ooh. Looking forward to visiting your bar in the Mile High one day in the future. That That's is awesome. way too cool. Love to hear the Norway check-in. Do we question- need any Norwegian food on the bar menu, though? Uh, maybe not. Isn't there that stinky fish? That is Swedish. Swedish, okay, yes. Uh, okay, well, yeah. We'll put it this way. I looked up the f- Norwegian food on Google really quick. And the fourth entry was uh, sheep's head. No, thank you. Put it on the menu. <laughs> you guys have a Norwegian producer right now, and you are speculating, which I think is hilarious. Well, I mean, we're not well, okay. really speculating. What we're is, just okay, reading Kale, off of Google. Kale, what is Norwegian food? Please tell uh, us. Depends on what. It's a lot of meat and potatoes. They eat a lot of lamb, a lot of beef, and then fish, obviously. A lot of salmon. Most nope. of it's cured. Most they of it's cold. Salmon. Uh, well, and then whoa, a lot whoa. of elderberries I, as well. I'm down with the salmon, though. I'm down with salmon. I had three bowls of salmon chowder in Seattle. I'm down with anything You heard it salmon. here from me. It's down with salmon. He's against wow, salmon. Crazy. Also, I hope you like salted fish because there's a lot of it. Yeah, that's like how they cook it. So the answer is no. We don't need any of it on the bar <laughs> menu. Uh, my question from, uh, from him here is, Last season, you guys expressed frustration concerning the Broncos' game management and the play calling in several of the games. How do you expect game management and play calling to be different for the Broncos this season compared to last season? If any differences to be expected at all, to be honest, I don't expect any difference. I, but I'm hoping I see. It's like a, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Sort well, of what's yeah. changed on the coaching staff from last year to this year? Like a, a secondary coach. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you nailed the biggest change, Ryan. And so, if a change were to happen. It's coming from George Payton, and uh, George Payton has Did let they add Vic... in a game management coordinator, anything like that? No. No. So no. And, and George Payton has stayed out of Vic's way, right, and said, I'm going to get you what you need to succeed this year. You can keep your staff. You can keep Tom McMahon this year if that's what you want to do. And if it works out, great. You get, you, you get to keep your job. If not, you're moving on. So I doubt George Payton is pushing this down his throat. No, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's just – you hope that Vic Fangio learned over the last couple of years, but there we have no evidence to say that he has. No. Um, except for him patting himself on the back for his great two-minute <laughs> management <laughs> the other night. When asked about Drew. Yes. How good was Drew in the two-minute drill? I thought I called great timeouts. <laughs> uh, anyways, before we get out of here, I want to give a shout-out to MSU Denver Online, our presenting sponsor of the show. Uh, they are the number one place to go if you're looking to maintain a full-time job uh, while getting a better education, and then hopefully using that education to get a better full-time job. So you can go to msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer. There's really something for everyone. Whatever you're looking for, check it out over there. For today on the DNVR Broncos podcast, that is going to wrap it up for us. We'll be back tomorrow when there might be a new starting quarterback. I guess we'll find out, but we'll talk to you then. 
Oh, a buzzer beater super <laughs> chat. Do, 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 do. Wow. Clayton hitting it right at the spot. He says, you guys are talking as if Locke is going to be the same guy as his true rookie year. He's staying calm under pressure in the pocket and finding the open man downfield. What exactly have we said that would have been? Yeah. I, we've talked. I literally the whole my whole first point was about how the hardest thing about this is he is trending up. Yeah, he is making improvements. He's done a lot of the things you want him to do. He hasn't turned the ball over. And yeah. when we're talking like earlier about oh he missed some of those throws last year, those those five seven yard outs that you want him to make. Well, he hasn't been missing those at the same rate this summer as he did last year. But the coaches may not be able to get last year out of their mind it might be kind of like uh you it's know, not fair but it's, it's a pavlovian yeah. reaction that they have yeah right. it's not fair but it rarely is yep. yeah yeah especially exactly. in the nfl you know what is fair would you guys hit us with a thumbs up that would on be your fair way out them. we would really appreciate it and be fair to us yeah be fair come on guys <laughs> uh all right that does wrap it up again we'll talk to you tomorrow when maybe they do have a starting quarterback see you guys Flying cotton